We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the remarkable Rohan Kadi. Remarkable Rohan, how's it going? Good. I like the alliteration there. Thank I like you. it. Uh, yeah. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. It's a uh, recording this on a Sunday in preparation, like right before uh, it's a big, a big game. Big game for the Packers, Packers versus Lions. If you're when you're listening to this, you already know the outcome of that game. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Rohan, score prediction? Oh, okay, okay. Ooh, okay. You, you can't resist okay. a score prediction. I cannot. And it's gonna look so amazing if I'm I right. know. <laughs> uh let's go let's go twenty eight seventeen Packers. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna go thirty one twenty eight Packers, and I'm gonna say Mason Crosby, who they had to get a new kicker on the practice squad just in case, but he's not active. After his amazing game last week, I'm going to say he nails a long game-winning field goal, and that's the 31-28. So listen to Talk of the Tundra, though, to find out what actually happened. We don't know. We're recording this at like 5.30 on Sunday. So we're we're ahead of the game starting. So Talk of the Tundra, wherever you're listening to Eurostep uh, or on YouTube, if you're watching, Talk of the Tundra goes up there as well. The fellas may do it live on YouTube, but that's not helpful information for you. But subscribe to the YouTube so you don't miss future live podcasts. And speaking of where you can find Eurostep and Talk of the Tundra, Repod is a place where you can find those. It's a podcast platform and a community platform as well. It's really cool. We are working with them. We have our shows over there. So you can go listen to the Eurostep there if you would like. If you go, ah, my podcast player downloads 85 gigabytes of podcasts to my phone all the time. Apple Podcasts, please stop doing that to me. Oh, you can't update your phone. Yeah, I don't need 85 gigs of podcast downloaded. Anyway, uh, you know who doesn't do that? Repod. You can check it out on the desktop version or there is an app as well. To quickly get there, go to joinrepod.com slash gspn to find this show. But also all the other pods are on there as well and probably other pods that you listen to. So if you want to listen to Talk of the Tundra on Repod, you can do that. 
and we are housing feedback and dialogue on our episodes there. So we're posting there. We've got some other listeners who listen to Win in Six, I believe, talked about this. Cruising for a bruise and talk of the tundra. So just another place for discussion. GSPN Discord still alive and well, but some episode specific dialogue on Repod. We're super excited to be over there and working with those folks. For sure, I'm I'm excited to see where this takes us. But make sure you go check it out. Join the community. We're gonna have a fun time on Repod together. Uh, you know what's not a fun time, Ty? What's that? Seeing the Bucks get absolutely demolished by the Charlotte Hornets. NBA record, 51-point first quarter. It's only a first quarter record. Apparently 55 is the any quarter record, but not ideal. The Charlotte Hornets, without, without, could you believe, on Insurrection Day, without Gordon Hayward, I don't. I think they might have done US, it for him. United States Insurrection. Yeah, sorry. Just, I know. I should be more. Well, yeah, that's fair. Um yeah, I don't know if they did it for him. I think they're playing well again as we record on, on Sunday, but very disheartening. And the relatively healthy Bucks. Chris was the only guy out. We'll talk about Chris shortly, but not fun. You luckily missed that game. I did miss that game. I mean, I caught up on it, but just what what an absolute embarrassment. Yeah. I was out. I was at a fondue restaurant, and I'm, like, having a good time. And I'm checking, like, just seeing, like uh, – Hey, let, let's check the score. You just see, yeah. It's just like the Bucks getting absolutely thrashed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you know, I'm missing this game. The sad part was, too, they finally shot well. It was like such a waste of of the Bucks hitting shots because I don't have it in front of me. I can pull it up. But they were they were on fire at a certain point in the first quarter. And then they carried it through a lot of the game. But there was no energy, no hard closeouts, no rebounding. Mason Plumley looked like freaking Shaq in the first quarter. Four offensive boards in the first like eight minutes or something like that. And the Hornets just couldn't miss. I mean, there was an element of like, okay, that's a ridiculous heater that Charlotte is on. But also the Bucks just offered wet paper level resistance. And teams will sometimes absolutely punk you, as the Bucks have learned from getting punked by the Grizzlies, the Nets, now the Hornets. They got punked by the Cavs and fate got back into it and then still lost. And I'm forgetting another blowout in there somewhere. The Celtics on Christmas. Is that yeah. one? They lost by a lot to the Celtics, right? Yeah. The first they half they hung 20, in there. 21. So it's not good. Uh, there's not good vibes on a lot of Bucks fans. Giannis misnamed SpongeBob in trying to explain the reaction. Did you see this? I did. He goes, what is the name? Bob Squarepants? Spon- like, you know Sponge is in there, Giannis. Come on, you have kids. Um, I don't know if kids watch SpongeBob anymore. Probably not. It's still going, isn't it? It is, but it looks creepy now. It does. The animation? The animation? Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't know. I mean, I get why they had to, but I, I see why Coco Melon and other things are, are winning. But anyway, uh, I don't know what the ratings are. Maybe SpongeBob is still winning. That was That was feelings over facts. But... <laughs> He said people are, you know, basically freaking out. And it's like, yeah, I feel like they have a good point. And Bud, after the game, um, kind of agreed and said, like, there's he more or less said the effort's not been good enough. So we are gonna talk today about what the Bucks need to return to winning ways. And I think to start, just like kind of general terms, and then maybe we can hone in on some specific players in mind or specific changes in mind if it's not a player. But clearly, like, there's some issues. Like, even with all the injuries and you know, the fact that they've been down a lot of players, they haven't had their full team together at all, blah, blah, blah. 
A lot of teams have it. And the Bucks have had this in past years too. It doesn't it didn't lead to them getting smoked all the time. And they have the most important guy, Giannis. So, you know, it's not like they, you know, they got they played nobody and got blown out and were upset about it. They're they're playing Giannis, sometimes Drew as well. And they're just non-competitive in some of these games, which is new. So let's start. Well, where do you want to start, Rohan? What do the Bucks need to return to winning ways? I mean, it's it sounds cliche to say, and I know these are buzzwords uh, in Milwaukee Bucks discourse, but energy and effort. And I think there's like, I, I'm going to go into a little bit deeper meaning because it's yeah. just like, otherwise, what's the point of just saying energy and effort? But one thing that I think could lead to energy and effort is playmaking. And mm. here's why that comes in. Because I believe, first and foremost, that the biggest need for the Milwaukee Bucks is playmaking. And I think a lot of the reasons that we're seeing the Bucks get just blown out uh, and just like seem like they're playing really lax out there is because of a lack of energy and effort, which stems from a lack of playmaking. When you have your two primary creators uh, who are out there, like one being Giannis, two being Drew, who's been in and out, but has been back, he played against the Hornets. You see, you see these guys have to do so much on both the offensive end, and then they have to come back and do so much on the defensive end. If you are allowed to have some sort of other player who can create for themselves on the offensive end, it allows for those two to play more energetically on defense. Like, obviously, Brooke Lopez, big defensive player of the year candidate, yada, yada, yada. Like he's, it's, it's one person does not make an entire defense, right? You're going to need Giannis. You're going to need Drew because those are your two other top defenders. You, it, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's otherworldly that the Bucks are lucky enough to have to such, uh, like two incredible two way talents. But you shouldn't be stretching them to need to utilize all of those two way talents. If you had another playmaker on the offensive end, you'll see a lot of delineating effects from that, including more energy and effort on the defensive end, in my opinion. So that's funny because I have a different way to go on this on this particular issue. And I do agree. I, I you know, we're going to talk. Uh, we'll talk about Chris. They obviously need Chris back. And we'll talk about what that means in, in a minute here. But I wonder, are we learning definitively that the Bucks are too old? It is one of the things I wonder when thinking about the energy and effort because too old and slash too unathletic. And I think, you know, Giannis has to do so much offensively that we understand he's not going to be, you know, try harding on defense all the time. And at a certain point, we just have to be okay with that. And also, by the way, quickly, a quick aside, a lot of people scream for more way more Brooke post-ups. I think it's kind of the opposite for Brooke. Like, I think Brooke does so much defensively that they don't want to have him shoot 20 it's times like, a it's game. Like what, it's what PJ Tucker said when he was on the Bucks. It's like, yeah. why Why do you expect me to do anything on the offensive end? I have to guard, it was during the Nets series, right? right. He's like, I have to guard KD. Yeah. Like, I, that's where I'm going to be utilizing all of my effort. Don't expect still, anything from me on the offensive That's still his end. mantra, by the way, even with it dead is. hand. But, um, but I think that's true for Brooke. But anyway, but to the to the you know, age and athleticism. The funny thing is Grayson is like a good athlete and sometimes it shows up on defense, but sometimes not. But I think you look around at a lot of the rest of the roster and it's like Javon Carter is a good athlete, but he's small and he's been playing less because he really, the offense has been quite bad. A lot of the wings though are just like, they're not popping off the screen. Like Pat's pretty athletic, but I'd say it's more of a vertical leap than an athletic burst or speed. Joe Ingles, old. 
Good, some good offensive moments. Yeah. Defense, I don't know how much better we're going to get there. Wes Matthews, who also is losing his minutes, it seems, has not really been able to do it on either end. And that's been that's been a big deal. I think Wes in particular, we've kind of glossed over it a lot. That's a big deal. When you when you look at what we thought about this team this year, for like go, for going from the Celtics series to the offseason to the start of the season, like Wes basically you're not being able to factor him in at all. That's a huge deal that I think isn't really talked about. That that matters. I mean, that's like you didn't expect too much offensively, but like, you know, 35, 36% three-point shooter who's going to rely – you can rely on defensively. He's going to do a random spinning post-up every couple games. Just hasn't been there. Whether it's health or age, it's not. It's hard to say definitively. The signs are not good. It's just they can't rely on him, and he's obviously not a supreme athlete. Brooke Lopez, not going to be the first guy on the floor. You know, he does what he does. Great impact on both ends. Transition, not really his forte. Bobby Portis can do it. I, I, it's, I'd like to see a little more. He's athletic enough. But again, it's not like he's not bounce out the gym athlete, which is why I think, A, if you can find – like I was – P.J. Washington keeps getting thrown out as a guy that someone could trade for. And for a while, I was kind of like, eh, I just don't really – he doesn't move me. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, sure. You know, a young 25-year-old or whatever who has some bounce. Like, yeah, maybe that'll help. Maybe like Bobby, a guy who's not seen as a great defender – could look much better on the box. Something like that. Also, I think it's why Marjan Bochamp really does need to play more. And this is something I haven't banged the drum. There's a lot of bud feelings. Strong bud feelings right now. It's, it's that time of year, Ty. <laughs> goodness gracious, is it ever. But I am now on board fully. And I know I've said this before. Like I've said he has to play over West. He does play over West now. We're at a point where, like, I think Grayson. Grayson has played well the last two games by his standard. Like, Maybe Marjan should start, or at least with Chris out, because they need it. They need – you watch him every possession, offense or defense, he's one of the first ones down the floor. And against the Hornets, there was still a possession where Grayson and Pat both get beat back down for a transition layup off of a made basket. The Bucks cannot keep allowing these things. Like, it's honestly unacceptable. And I think Marjan would help. And I think it, it can't all be Marjan, like – you're not going to play him 48 minutes. He's not going to play. He's not going to play 36 minutes. Nobody on the Bucks does. Like they need more athleticism, energy, and effort. Uh, and I agree, playmaking would help with that offensively for sure. But I do think you need more guys who are popping. And like you play Ingles, Pat, and Brooke, and like George Hill together, and it's like okay, nobody is athletic enough, and you're just getting you're losing track meets way too often. I agree. That is a very good point. That's something that I uh, went back in the pre-draft process. Of why yeah. I was super high on Marjan is because the Bucks really, really need athletes because they are they are a very, very they're the oldest team in the league, right? They've got to be. I mean, they have um, to be. It, yeah, there's even their rookies are old. What is Marjan? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty one now, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, you just you you need to have some sort of burst. You need to have some sort of athleticism. And Marjan is a guy who provides that. That's why it's like the, the one guy, you, you know the guy, it's not going to happen, but you know who would think would be a perfect Milwaukee Buck? Who? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, uh, it's going to bring up some old wounds here. Norman Powell. Oh, yeah. I think Norman Powell would be a perfect, perfect Milwaukee Buck in terms of his ability to go downhill so quickly. Not only just getting back on defense, but offensively. Yeah. Just his ability to get downhill in a hurry is amazing and would fit so well on this team. 
But uh, you know, um, you know, you had to get Grievous Vasquez. But, um, <sighs> yeah, let's not. Adams, Adams punching a chair. What do you think about PJ Washington? PJ Washington, it's like fine. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. See, we we'll see what it works. I mean, I, I think there's like multiple levels of trade. And he's the one where it's like if you can send salary and like two second round picks and that's all it costs, then sure. There's no way I'm ponying up the 29 first though for PJ Washington. No, no. That's a negative. And also, is he extension eligible or is it free agent? Probably, yeah. It's like probably one or two years you'd have before you have to pay him, which is a plus and a minus. I mean, he's, you, you can keep him if you want to, but you know, obviously that's a big tax consideration then. Mm-hmm. And especially with potential shakeup in the ownership department. Yeah, yeah. That's go listen to Winning Six for a, mm-hmm. a deep dive on that. Yeah, like the segue there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just your your point is very. I, I agree with your point. The Bucks are very old, and they look the part. Like there's there's a difference between being old and like you know just like playing not old. Yeah. But this is not the Bucks team. They look old out there. I think the epitome of that is Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Uh, which is, is, is uh, like, sorry, sorry, Serge. I was Serge. thinking about Serge just now, out. too. But, like, he play- he's not even the oldest guy out of this bunch. He's, like, 33. Yeah. It's crazy. And he just, it's just the back surgeries and the miles that he's had on he's his body. Huge. It's just huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it. you can tell that he's been in the league and had some injuries. Yeah. Uh, because when he's out there, it's like, Damn, this guy must be on like AARP benefits and stuff. Jeez, like, it's it's I don't know. It's just not fun out there. Sorry, sir. You checking art cards out here? Come on, <laughs> that's that's dirty. Um, any other trade tar- trade targets that leap out as like um, would help with the athleticism? Leap, I like that. Yeah, Norman Powell. <laughs> Can you get Norman Powell? <laughs> I just probably not. No, right? No, you yeah. can't. You can't. Um, I don't really know. Could you get like maybe a Gary Trent Jr.? I've been so, and he's not even he's not even a guy who pops either. Yeah, I just I would even though I, I don't think this player is that athletic. I'd just rather get Jordan Clarkson. I know the Jazz continue to posture that they don't want to trade him, but also Mark Stein reported that he's turned down all their extension offers. So there might be a point in the next month here where the rubber hits the road. As you're listening to this. It was exactly one month until the 2023 NBA trade deadline. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Gary Trent, I just he would give some more pop. Because I think, like, we've missed George Hill in the games that he missed because there was oh. just no ball handlers, which is another la- layer of sadness. I've, I've never thought I, – I think I tweeted this. I was like, I never thought I'd see the day where it's like, man, you know what this Bucks team could really use right now? George Hill. Yeah, but that's not even – it's it's not like what you really want them to be going to though, right? Like it's like they needed him because he's he's on the roster and he wasn't playing. But like a, a Gary Trent instead of him would be obviously another upgrade in terms of juice. Not a, not that much playmaking though, which is why I think I like no. Clarkson, even though he's more athletic. How do you think Crowder fits into this? Because he's also he's not he's a strong dude. He's not a he's he's athletic in the sense that he he is very strong. He's not uh, yeah. like a burst guy though. No. But fresh legs, that's the the bright side of, you know, sitting I mean, out yeah, this whole season. I, it might be a problem too cuz it's like what's the ramp up going to look like? Like what kind that's of shape fair. is he in? Is he in basketball shape? Has he been, you, how many games how many games are you getting him for? Yeah. 
I wonder, yeah, his value's probably lower now than it was earlier in the year. Also, I the think, Suns uh, are like kind yeah. of a disaster. They're almost a 500. It's bad. And Booker's think, not. Uh, yeah. Booker's out for a bit still. Chris Paul yeah. was out today. He missed another game. Maybe maybe a couple second-round picks is looking more and more appetizing. A, a cost-controlled Grayson Allen for another year for them. They, they're going to probably need to make – unless they do something crazy at the deadline, they're probably going to need to kind of retool on the fly here this offseason. Yeah. I think uh, Zach Lowe on his podcast with Bobby Marks uh, was on. and he Love was- Zach and Bobby. Washington. <laughs> Washington. Uh, but uh, they, I think Zach was talking about how um, – NBA GMs around the league don't know what to do with Jay Crowder because of the reasons I just said. It's like, what what exactly are you getting? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's a tough can because it's like this market, like the play-in tournament has really, really messed up the trade deadline. I think in a good way because it's helped yeah. the competitive balance in the league. I To be clear, I think it's a very, very good thing. Well, think about just like real quick on that. I wonder if we'd see more teams already going all in for Wemby Scoot if the play-in wasn't there. Because that's what we thought before the season, remember? It was like, oh, the Jazz are going to blow it up, these other teams. And they were like, no, we're just not. I mean, we can compete. We'll have some fun for a couple months. Yeah, plus the Jazz have the Wolves pick, so it's like, <laughs> it works out better for them. But in terms of the trade deadline, it's like all of these teams like have something to play for. Like they have uh, more teams are in meaningful basketball games like not there's going to be so many more buyers than there are sellers which makes the trade market kind of it it doesn't make it as appetizing for teams who are trying to get better at the top yeah yeah so that's why crowder has been so disgusted i think is he's one of the few guys who it's like He's very clearly available. <laughs> like the bad team guys, he cannot really make sure. it any more clear he, yeah. that he is available. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of athleticism, uh, I I can't think of any like major candidates who could pop up. Like, are the, are the Celtics going to trade like a Derek White? Not to the Bucks, probably. No. Quickly, I think quickly would qualify at least offensively. But now he's starting with RJ Barrett you- out. Could you say he's a he's a quick guy? Yeah, he's pretty quick. Um, I actually did a preview pod for Bucks Knicks with the Knicks Film School um, with Andrew Claudio over there. So go check that out at Knicks Film School on wherever you listen to this. Maybe a repod uh, and or on YouTube as well. Uh, we talked a lot about Bucks Knicks, some fun stuff, some Giannis talk. But um, seems like now that he's been starting and he really popped, probably not going to be available. At least not for. Seemed like kind of a low price they thought he might be going for, and probably not anymore, unfortunately. The Bulls are winning again, so I don't know who we really wanted. The DeMar thing is meh. Yeah, the DeMar thing is It definitely wasn't like Zach Levine. <laughs> that contract looking better. Is it's looking better, but yeah, I don't think they're going to. I mean, his teammates had to, like, t- they had to like get in his head and be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, yeah, well, I'll play. I'll play team basketball now. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, for their organizationally, you can't really blow it up if you don't know if you're going to keep your pick. So what is it, like top four, top five protected? That sounds right. I think four. So, yeah, it's like, oh, you end up with a fifth pick. That's a pretty bad feeling. Um, Kyle Kuzma would fit the bill, I think. I don't know if he's – I'm going to guess the Wizards just hold. and I don't know. I have no idea what the Wizards will ever do. Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent. Yeah, he's he's turning down the max – extension they can give him i think he did and i think he'll test the market i i'm guessing that 
they end up not trading him and they give him a contract that doesn't age all that well. But if he's available, that I don't like Kyle Kuzma as a person, but as a basketball player, he's gotten quite good. He has. I, f- I feel like he's he's it's written in the stars for him to reunite in L.A. Yeah, that makes sense. But, Kyle um, Kuzma max contract. That'd be it'd be so funny. Uh, trade trade him to get Russ, and then it's like, hey, please come back to save this Russ trade. Um, a lot of people like Jared Vanderbilt. That'd be interesting. He's a good one. Yeah, Malik Beasley. Yeah, he's a shooter. little small though. Yeah, he's a good shooter, kind of small. Not, Gary not Harris. A- I don't know if he's an athlete. I think the thing about he Gary used Harris, to be an athlete. he used to be still a quite good defender. I think. He could give you like a better offensive version of what Wes gave you, but just much more limited in size. Like he can't, I don't think, guard like a Tatum. Probably not. But he is going to, he's shooting like 40 plus percent from three. He's had some injury troubles this year as well. But that'd be an interesting one. I'd be down for that flyer. Especially if they got a more offensive minded player um, and then also got Gary Harris somehow. That'd be fun. Okay. Another need. It's just obvious to get Chris Middleton healthy. I mean, this is yeah. a clear one. It goes without saying. I think they're trying. So the latest on this, if you're wondering, is Bud would not say either way if Chris would play on the Bucks' upcoming road trip. So tonight, as you hear this, Monday night, they play the Knicks. Wednesday night, they play the Hawks in Atlanta. Thursday night, they play the Heat in Miami. Saturday at like noon, they play the Heat in Miami. After, they should fly back. After the first Miami game, if they want the second Miami game to be any good, let the guys have the Saturday night after the second Miami game is my take. Um, but that's the uh, the road trip. So that would be this week. I mean, Bud didn't say no. I'm not going to pencil that in for Chris appearing. And he has already ruled out from Monday's game. Um, but that's a big one because I think what Chris himself does and just making life easier for so many other players. I don't mean like the seven games of Chris where he's kind of working back in like truly healthy. Chris doesn't solve every bucks problem, but it makes them a lot less important. It, it, yeah, exactly. Because he provides the things that we've been wanting aside from athleticism. Uh, sorry, Chris. Yeah. But like, he's not helping he, too much there. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like playmaking, shooting constant, like a leader out there on the court, he's like, I think that's one thing we haven't really talked about is like, one guy who's really, really important in setting the tone for this team is Chris Middleton, and he's been out. That's why you see a lot of these blows. You see, like, he's the, he's the guy that gets people in check. Like, it's obviously Giannis's team, but it's Giannis and Chris run this team. They run that locker room, and it's their, it's their guys. So he's one of the guys who can help get people in check, but he can't do that if he's not on the court. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the Crowder thing is kind of interesting. Just to have another guy who's like, I guess, no nonsense. A dog. I think uh, it's a lofty title. But I think Crowder probably would qualify for that. Why so, yeah. don't we just keep PJ? Well, I don't know. I just got really nostalgic. I know. I mean, it's not like he's... No, he's it's, it's, he's, he fills one hole, but it's not their biggest hole. He's, uh, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. But in terms of playmaking. Yeah, in terms of play offense. Making, offense. Chris Middleton does solve a lot of those problems. But, but, I think I've mentioned this before. Even when this team has been fully healthy with Chris Middleton, 
they have struggled as an offensive creation team. Yeah. They've had their like woes in the playoffs with half court offense, even with Chris Middleton. So they should probably be looking to bolster that. And I have one name in mind, Ty. Can you let, just take a guess? Not, I, not already named? Not already named. Wow. I don't, how many guys are left in the league? How old are they? It's a good question. Let me look. Like, give me, a, give me, just give me a range. I don't even know exactly. He's a, he's a little older. Almost thirty-four. Almost thirty-four. Playmaking. And we haven't said it's not Clarkson, who I don't think is that old anyway. He's like probably like thirty-one. Wow. I know. I don't think I have any idea. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Who's <laughs> Joe Ingles to be do more? No, I think uh, he's thirty-six. Um, no, no. He, same, same division. As, or as the Bucks. Yeah. Bojan? Yes. Oh, see, I think of scoring, not playmaking, but wow, I love, I'm all in on Bojan. I'm all the way in on Bojan because he is a guy, like you mentioned, he's a scorer because he can get his own shot. Yeah. He absolutely can. Like, he is a big, rangy, versatile guy. Like what is he? He's six seven two twenty six. Yeah, he's he a big fella. Guy, he's a big fella who moves well, can create yep. his own shot. Would be a perfect fit next to Giannis. Yeah, absolutely perfect fit. You can run jumbo lineups out there. I think you'd you start. Have, I think he starts. By the way, I think absolutely. you start a big lineup. Absolutely, you have to. Yeah, you absolutely. He's have too to good because he's way too good. You play him next to Giannis and Brook. If you're worried about any defensive liabilities, those get cleaned up immediately because he is going to be on the wing, not necessarily in the front court uh, because of how big this Bucks team is. And you can always have bigger guys out there with him and you can size him down. You can size him up. They would be huge or, with Bojan. They'd be huge. Their first two bench be- guys are Pat and Bobby. Like they're, I think it's a good thing. Like I think that's how you – you carry through the bully ball mentality. It's like exactly. we're bigger that's than you everywhere. Team. That's yeah. this team's mentality. They want they won a title based on bullying people. And adding a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich would help bolster that identity, let this team get back into what they do best. And by the way, bringing in a 21-point-per-game scorer, are that's, you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like his numbers are going to go down, obviously, if he gets traded to the Bucks. Yeah, but, but his efficiency that, might go up. And a player with that caliber of yeah. skill yeah. is important because when the chips are down and you're asking Bojan Bogdanovic to be your third creator, what are defenses supposed to do about that? You can't. You can't really do anything. Third or even fourth if creator. Or fourth. I mean, think about the Bucks' offense when they're healthy. I mean, obviously, he'd help a lot as Chris gets healthy and gets back up to speed too. But when they're healthy, forget about staggering like Giannis and Chris. You can stagger two of Drew, Chris, Bojan, Giannis at all times. Like, think about your offense, your worst offensive lineups have like Drew Holiday and Bojan Bogdanovic out there. Like, that's a pretty solid lineup for a bench, like a staggered bench. And probably like Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, like this – that's a lot of offensive talent. Like I, I don't think the fit is perfect, but I think the talent is such that you just you go get him if you can. And I also it's promising to me. Like all the like Zach talks about Boyan a lot, Zach Lowe now, and it's always like one unprotected first. Like it's usually this Clippers convo because the Clippers always make a move. They have a bunch of salary and they like the Bucks have one 
future unprotected first. There are not many guys I would trade that first for. Probably Clarkson, certainly Bojan Bogdanovic. And if you can send right. over, yeah. you have to send over a lot of players. You have to deconstruct your your roster a little bit. I think it's clearly worth it. I think it's. I think it would be worth it. My, I was about to ask you if you think the 2029 first is a good idea for this. I'd say yes, and I'm glad to see that you think so as well. Like here, let me just like he's shooting uh, 48.6% from the field, 41.8% from three on 5.8 attempts per game, and 53% on twos. Ty, this this is a guy who would immediately immediately be an upgrade. And even if you're worried about the defensive. Defensive potential defensive issues. One, he's a big dude. One thing it's I'm not comparing these two players at all. Don't confuse this. But one guy who supposedly was a bad defender but didn't get beat that often was Kyle Corver because he played so uh, he played small, but he was also like six seven. Like you, you think of Kyle Corver as a prototypical two guard, but he's not like that size. He is like six 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 seven something like that. Just being big, being long goes a long way. And especially, especially like I mentioned earlier, when you have guys like Giannis and Brooke behind him, you just need to be able to create some havoc using your arms, your wingspan, your length. And he's a big dude. He's a smart NBA player, but high basketball IQ. I think I, I, I can't think of a better fit on the trade market than Bojan Bogdanovic for this team. Also, you get him for a couple of years. It's not exactly. a, it's not a rental. So you're not, you don't have to worry about that. So here's the trade that will be legal in less than a week when Jordan Mora becomes trade eligible. Bojan Bogdanovich for Grayson Allen, Jordan Mora. This is probably the, I guess, controversial part. Joe Ingles. Sorry, Joe. That $6.4 million salary is pretty important to this working. Otherwise, you probably have to include one of Bobby or Pat. I don't know if I'm that excited. I don't know. Bojan's exciting. I don't know if I'm trading one of those guys. 2029 first, and I just threw in two seconds as well. Here you go, Detroit. The Bucks have the worst of Cleveland or Golden State second this year. So not a very good second rounder. It's probably going to be like 50, 53, something like that. Throw that in, and then the 2025 Pacers second rounder. There you go. Just some extra sweeteners. I ran this by Laz this past week. Laz, Laz uh, Jackson, who covers the Pistons. And he said, he, this is what he told me. He said, Troy Weaver's... Probably got to show a little bit more soon than a 2029 first. So I don't know. I don't know if I would do that or not. So I don't know. I guess TBD on if the Pistons would want to do that. But and, and we've seen with Jeremy Grant, like they they held and held and then eventually traded him later. An unprotected first is an unprotected first, though. It seems like they're not getting that many of those offers, plus a couple seconds, plus Wara, who's a young guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Plays basketball, plays NBA bad. Good moments late in the uh, whatever game it was. He played late in that I liked. Angles, who's expiring, so whatever. Uh, Grayson, you get another year. So if you want to try and rehab his value, they probably use him, right? Play him, whatever you want to do. Um, it's not nothing. It's not a terrible offer. It's not a godfather offer, but I don't think you're getting the two Lakers first at this point. They're too bad, even with a five-game win I streak. Don't even think, I don't even think if you're, tr- if you're the Lakers, if you're Rob Polinka, you're not trading the two unprotected picks for Bojan Bogdanovic. You can't. I mean, they're t- it'd be so irresponsible. I Yeah. So maybe it's something you would do. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say. And also, LeBron it's also certainly like, wants him too. Yeah. It's also uh, worth it to mention that John Horace has a good relationship with the Pistons front office. That's true. God, Boyan would be so fun. Yeah. That is, though, why, like, if the Clarkson stuff, if they decide they, they just should trade him, I think that's a front office who they can be patient. Like, it's not a problem for them that the pick is 29. It's probably a benefit to the Jazz, who are going to be picking a lot over the next few years with all those Wolves picks and their own picks. So, and, and, the, Ainge, Cavs picks. and the Cavs picks. And Ainge just got there. Like, there's no rush. You know, it's not the same as this being Troy Weaver's whatever the year. Although, you know, if they bounce one or two, I think that pressure is going to be off for a little while until you get Wemby or Scoot. But Boyan would be. I think he's probably number one on my realistic. Like in the Discord, we talked about Pascal Siakam trades. It's not happening. They're not going to be able to do it. They, they just can't. They're also not trading Pascal to the Bucks. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. Uh, oh, one quick thing on Boyan. A lot of people think he's not trade eligible. The fan spell trade machine thing actually says he's not. He is. He got yeah. extended for less than, I think it's like 150% or whatever, of his salary for three years or less. So it would count as an extended trade. It would be vo- it would be a... a Valid extension for an extended trade, which means that you can trade him right after you extend him. So he is trade eligible, despite what some sources will say. Correct, correct. Do you you mentioned Clarkson? Try and sell me on Clarkson. They just need more creation, and you look at. I think the biggest benefit to Clarkson versus someone like a Gary Trent. Actually, there's a couple things. I think the biggest for me on court wise, he's not as good of a shooter as some of these other guys, but he's a better playmaker. He's at 3.9 assists this year. He was 3.5 last year. Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at rebounds. He's 4.5 this year. He's been 2.5 consistently for pretty much his whole career, at least 2.5. So that's a good, like, usually around two if a little lower assist-to-turnover ratio while scoring 20 points per game, 16 points per game on way less minutes, 18 points per game. So it's all around offense. It's for himself and a little bit for others. 
And he's just a bucket. Like he shot at least 52% from two every season since he got traded to Cleveland. He's been consistently there. He's a good free throw shooter. The three-point shot comes and goes. It's waffled between 36 and as low as 32% last year, which is not ideal. But I just think they're going to need that. As you said, even when Chris is back, someone who things get a little tight, you don't have all the big three out there or core four or whatever, and you just need a bucket, that's a guy who at any point you can be like, here, go score two points. And more than half the time he's going to do it. There's a lot of value in that, even if it's someone that, you know, in the last couple of years would probably be perceived by the league as kind of a chucker. Now that he's hitting 25% on 44% from the field, like there's just value in that. And it's clearly what I think what the Bucs need the most outside of getting Chris healthy. I think they need that even more than a big defensive wing. Like they need more offensive juice and Clarkson just has it. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to think about. But even we talked about the West Matthews regression and stuff like that. The defensive wing really isn't a priority for me for this Bucks team. Because I think it's I, the second thing, but it's just a distant second thing. Yeah, it's. I think I just have so much confidence in Drew, Giannis, and Brooke when three of your top five guys are going to yeah. be elite, elite defenders. I think you can yep. figure it out. And Pat's taking a mini step. Pat's taking a mini step. Grayson gets beat a bunch of times. Plus, yeah. you have Javon Carter as well. Yeah, you have another, you have a bulldog out there as well who can out, absolutely hang with the big boys in terms of defense. Um, but you you just have so many really really good defenders. Like Marjan is a rangy good defender. Yeah, it's just like I don't know what what else what else could you ask for? Like at, at the end of the day, those are the guys who matter. So it's like sure you you could always use a nice defensive wing, just another option. Of course, of course you could. Jay Crowder, sure, welcome aboard. Buy, get bought out, sign with Milwaukee. That'd be great. Can you imagine after all this, he just gets bought out? That'd be very disappointing for the Suns. But on brand. Robert Covington, I think you uh, – uh, He he could be a about. post-trade buyout because the Clippers barely play him. They'll make a move because they're like the Bucks; They kind of always do. If he goes to a bad team, it would make a lot of sense for them to buy him out eventually. That could be, especially like this. So that would be the dream scenario. So like that Bojan trade is three for one. That opens two roster spots. So that means you at least need to fill one of them. You have to have at minimum 14 players. You can go under that for like two weeks at a time or something, but you need 14 at the end of the day. So that's when you could wait and, you know, maybe you convert AJ Green or you sign some, maybe give him a 10 day for a little while. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird from a two-way to a 10-day, but whatever. I don't think you can. Can you do that? Yeah, it'd be a call-up, but then I think when it expired, you'd have to re-sign him to the two-way, which would be a little weird. Yeah, I don't think that's been done. I know. I guess you have to. It's not a call-up. You have to release him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know if you could do that. Anyway, uh, maybe just call up to an NBA deal, AJ Green, who we can talk about here. Very exciting that he's mentioned. Um, But... If you could do that and then like, oh, here's Robert Covington for free, basically. I mean, we've seen. Temper expectations, though, because he's been not great. There's a reason he's not playing for the Clippers. Yeah. I I mean, I think he'd be a a really strong buyout guy. I also think it's more likely than not a team gets value for him. Maybe it's like a three-way trade. But if that happened, that'd be fun. It would be. Does Eric Gordon have too many years to get bought out? I think so. I think he's still got more than this one. And it's like people keep – people flow him as a trade thing. You know, I'm willing to bust up the roster a bit and include three for one if you're getting Bojan Bogdanovich. I don't want to do that for Eric Gordon. Like, I'm not trading Grayson and Joe Ingles and probably someone else to get Eric Gordon who's not having a good year. I realized that last time 
the Bucks got a, a rocket who wanted out. It worked out very well for them. I don't think that means it always will. No, no, it's the it's the exception to the rule, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Eric Gordon still has twenty point nine million dollars guaranteed next season. So not a buyout guy. Not happening. Dude, they they oh, might wait, send him home. Wait, is it non guaranteed? It's, it's probably partial. It's a weird contract. Yeah. But, uh, Again, yeah. that's a guy who, like, if he gets bought out, yeah, I'll look at him. It's yeah, it's non guaranteed. He, he it would become fully guaranteed if he makes the All Star team this year. Okay, so. uh, yeah, nice. Is there a championship uh, thing in there too? I know there was a bunch of funky. Yeah, guarantees. or five hundred minutes uh, plus a championship. Jesus. Like you when you're when you're Eric Gordon's, I mean, I I know this extension was agreed upon when you like have James Harden on the yeah. roster, but it's like, come on. <laughs> I think uh, is it true that Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero both have DPOI language in theirs? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, <laughs> like like put those under unlikely incentives. I, I think I think all <laughs> like, NBA would have been lofty enough for those guys. I don't think we needed to put DPOI. Like when you're writing that contract, Come do you on. have to like do you have to ch- like how can you write that with a straight face? Hey, let's 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 add in a potential bonus if Jordan Poole. Or Tyler Hero wins Defensive Player of the Year. I can't even say that with a straight face right now. Yeah. Imagine writing that. Imagine yeah. signing that contract. Imagine like, negotiate. Yeah. Imagine, imagine your aid. Like you're the team. Like you're um, whatever Miami's. I can't remember his name right now. And you get you get the demands, and they're like, you need to include an extra one million guaranteed every year if he's the Defensive Player of the Year. And you just you, you wear you take the glasses off. You like rub your eyes. You call in your wife. Am I having a stroke? Is it, is anyone Check making toast? Yeah, like like that. That's that's insane. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it exists. That type yeah. of like, it, it's so fun finding those kind of language in contracts. Um, it's like uh, when we did the dive on whether the Bucks were going to be a tax team, and, it's and they like were just because it, just because yeah. they won the title because uh, Drew Holiday's uh, contract incentives. But I wonder uh, if he has more no. this year. Probably does. Probably, but uh, no, Eric Gordon is not going to be a buyout guy. It's, um, I mean, maybe, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, Eric Gordon's also not a guy who really piques my interest. No. Realistically, yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the Phoenix Suns have just been, like, lusting over Eric Gordon for years now. So, I think those two are just destined to be together. That would be, I mean, if that's how the Bucks get crowded, that works for me. That was the sure. very common trade proposal where Sarich and Crowder go out from Phoenix, Gordon goes to Phoenix, the Bucks get Crowder and send Grayson and some second round picks or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, here's just yeah. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm good. Real quick, AJ Green has earned some yes. talk. Before I want to get into why the Bucks may and why it may be better to hold on that 29 first and not trade it at this deadline. But let's talk about AJ Green. We haven't talked much on court yet. Because it's been a lot of slog since Giannis's career high, which we did a post game pod on. We dove deep on that. So outside of that, though, not that much fun uh, lately. But AJ Green has become a rotation player. So since December fifteenth, he's played double digit minutes five times, and in those five games, first one ten points on four for six shooting, seven points on two for six, ten points on four for seven. Five points on two for four, 13 points, career high, on five for eight, including three for six from deep against the Charlotte Hornets. So it's real production. It's not just that he's hitting some shots in like very limited minutes. 
He's actually producing when he plays games. For the season, he's still at four points per game total, but he has a lot of games where he played like five minutes. He is shooting 50% from the field, 41.5% from three, 81.8% from two. From two? You thought that was free throw, didn't you? That's from two-point percentage. And still a perfect 100% from free throw. 1.2 rebounds, 0.5 assists, 0.2 steals, 0.2 turnovers. So he's rocking a solid assist-to-turnover ratio, although it's very few of either. He looks like a real NBA player. That's, that does. may sound demeaning, but for a two-way undrafted, right? Are they drafted? He was undrafted, I think. He was undrafted. For an undrafted rookie out of Northern Iowa, he's 23 years old, that's a great result. Like that, This is a Bucks development or scouting, I guess. I don't know how much development has happened yet. But that's a Bucks scouting win so far, based on what we've seen from AJ Green. It is. It is. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, Snell season on Twitter. Great follow. Bucks Twitter legend put it on. Uh, he mentioned it's great. Raptors. I think it was about the, yeah, about the about the Raptors game. He oh, I said, said Raptors, uh, like Snell season Raptors. That's what. Oh I was yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm, I, I'm okay. saying Raptors. just making sure there was no disconnect there. Yeah. Um, it was during the Raptors game when AJ Green was playing. He was like, "It's nice that the Bucks finally have one of these undrafted guys, these random undrafted guys that just start producing." And it's true. Like, you you rarely see that sort of production from the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, even though they've had their successes in um, second, like, second round picks, late, late picks and stuff, you never really see undrafted guys for the Bucks get a chance because they usually don't make the roster at all. Hugo like, Basson, pour one out. I mean, he's apparently, like, I need to, is, I need is to he look. he tearing it up? Yeah, we don't know. I need to look and see what he's yeah. doing because, uh, Initially, I remember he he started out playing really really well next to Wembenyama because they're on the same team, right? I'm not I'm not yep, making that up. They are. Yeah, Metropolis, whatever the number is, seventy. Oh, well, seventy. 30, is, is it? I could uh, I'm googling. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's just nice to see. Like we knew this guy was going to be a straight shooter. Uh, he he was going <laughs> to. <laughs> we both. We, if we added ours together, we were close. Metropolis ninety two. 92 okay <laughs> um but aj green just a guy who's going to be a guy who's out there to shoot the ball and i think even Giannis was a was a guy who mentioned that when you give aj green the ball he's not afraid to shoot it and that's great because that's what he's out there to do if you're not going out there and shooting the ball what are you out there to do grayson allen son oh yeah take I was some advice. Say, what are you gonna uh, say to your son yeah I deferred, I I adopted Grayson Allen during a playback to anyone who's confused. Yeah, um, it's not going well. It's not. I'm very, but I'm. I don't talk to me or my son like that again. Uh, kind of energy. Um, but it's uh, AJ Green just been playing really well. You mentioned he's become an actual rotation player. He's not getting absolutely flayed on the defensive end every possession, which is like, hey, that's more than I expected from you. So the word I would use is stout, a little Carver esque. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have the position. Corver had Corver was great at positioning. Like that was his thing. Yeah. Hey, maybe AJ can get to some like some percentage of that. He doesn't. I mean, he's, he's you know first year in the NBA, but it's like he's stout. He doesn't get bullied. I feel like like if someone tries to like go through him or stand him up, he's like he's got some heft to him. He is like he, does. he is like shorter rookie like young Duncan Robinson, but if he had Larry Bird's backstory. He's very like, very humble, but also in a way that like he knows he can ball, and you can tell that from his shot selection. That's the thing. It's hard as a young guy to come in on the box who 
I have not looked it, but are a championship contender and like play with the freedom to just shoot, even though the Bucks will tell you that, it's still not easy to always do that. AJ Green lets that thing go, dude. Like AJ Green will be five plus feet behind the three-point line. He's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna let it go. That's what I that's what I'm here to do. That's kind of my thing. I'm just gonna let that thing go. And he does, and he hits him. Hugo Basson is on Wemby's team, Victor Wembanyama. Also, heard legend Tremont Waters is on this team. He's balling. He's 16 and four and a half uh, on Metropolis. Hugo, though, 13.6 points, 3.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, shooting 63% from two, 35% from three. Pretty good year. He is a bucket. Nice. I mean, it's a, it's the first time we've really in a long time seen the Bucks do a draft and stash. Yeah. It's a, it's a rare occurrence now in the NBA for that to happen. So it's nice to see the Bucks taking advantage. Except the Thunder, who I think have like eight. Yeah, I, I don't know how Nick good said, they all Nick are. said one. Yeah, a few years ago or last year, I could be oh confused. yeah, the guy I loved, the guard. Oh, I don't know how I gotta remember his name then look up how he's doing. But I really <laughs> liked him coming out of college. Wembenyama, by the way, is twenty three nine and a half, only two point three assists, but three blocks and a steal per game. Just a yeah, he, he doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, uh, I'm excited to watch uh, him in the league. Yeah, it was. I think it was Jacob Niffin from the uncontested. Who was tweeting about like, oh, Chet Holmgren and his size is going to add a lot to this team, this Thunder team. And then he's like, then I think about this picture. And it's a it's a picture from like the under 19 championship where Chet is standing right next to Wembenyama and just looks like a midget. Yeah. And Wemby is like fluid and kind of, it shouldn't be real. It does look it like. It doesn't make any sense. You ever see someone create a player on Madden that's like 7'3", 400 pounds, but super fast? It's just like, that's that's not real. He's not 400 pounds, but it, it's it's like a scotch of like, that can't, that's a created player. That's not. Yeah, that exactly. That doesn't exist. It's, especially when you factor in like how difficult it is, like when you consider a guy like Giannis at his height doing what he does. Yeah. Like, when, did you ever see that uh, clip of Rudy Gobert taking it coast to coast and then just absolutely bricking a layup? And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, Giannis is very skilled. <laughs> Who's that Incredibly bum that would talk about Giannis and couldn't play at all? Gilbert Arenas? No, no, no. Tall. Tall. Remember, he was like, Giannis has no skill. And everyone was like, you guys have the same measurables. Why couldn't you do anything at all in the league? Oh, I, do, I must He worked for that. ESPN. He was an enemy of Bucks Twitter for a while. Oh, oh, He's not heard goodness. from anymore. The big guy. Ryan Hollins. Yeah, Ryan Hollins. It's like Ryan Hollins is like, you know, measurement wise. I don't, he was never as big or fast and strong, but had the size of Giannis. And everyone was like, well, if it's so easy, then maybe you should still be in the NBA or have accomplished anything there. Maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. Something worth trying that size. It didn't know it was so easy. Um, but yeah, AJ Green, good story. Hope he keeps it up. He He's a guy who I could see converted. Yeah, two ways into a normal. Uh, before Mamu, which I, we agree on, it's a bummer for Mamu. Positionally, which we've said all along from when he was first drafted, really hard. The hardest position to bust out for the Bucks because you're not going to start at the four, and Bobby Portis is the backup, which you could say is a four or five, whatever. Let's let's just call him a four for now. Probably the best backup four in the NBA too. So it's like really hard to bust out at that position. And Mamu himself has said, not really a five. Play that yeah, way at the herd. He's not yeah. an NBA five. Yeah, and I also I should have probably apologized to AJ Green. I was saying he should be cut from his two way. Yeah, uh, that take we both started. had that take, didn't AJ? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I, I'll call my I'll call myself out here. In fairness, uh, it was more about Lindell than AJ. We hadn't really seen AJ was. play when we said that. 
which is why yeah. it was probably a dumb take. Yes, it was. And how? And you've been you've been seeing Lindell play. He looks good. Yeah, yeah. He could be a guy that gets attended. Totally. Yeah. Joe, uh, Joe Wieskamp was the first or the second herd player to be called up. Ibu Baji was called up earlier for a uh, two way. Jordan Bone had a really good game too. So we'll see. A couple of intriguing players on that team. For sure, for sure. Um, do we have anything else we need to talk to you about here? My vision. Yes. Not yes, not yes, an yes. Aaron Rodgers vision. Shout to Talk of the Tundra. And did you see? Hold on. Did you see what he said? His one example of a true must-win game. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. No. Talking about Packers Lions and Pat McAfee. It was Pat McAfee, of course. Who must have said that, you know, this is a one-win game, whatever. How do you feel? How do you prepare? Whatever the question was. I just saw the answer. He goes, I never really believed in the idea of a must-win game in sports. You know what a must-win game was? World War II. We had to get that one. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, that's so ridiculous. It's actually hilarious. I think he's turned a corner. (laughs) The Mallory Edens thing is weird. I don't know how up to date you are on that. No, I saw that. I saw that. But, um, like, but that that's actually like some of the stuff he says, it's so weird. Just like that's just like I, I, no person thinks like this. Saying WW2 is the last must win game is like a Gen Z kind of hilarious that I thought was very funny. The last must win game. Was, well, in World uh, War II, we had to get that one. <laughs> it's like, it's true. It wasn't anything since then, though. <laughs> not, not a one. <laughs> nothing nothing went wrong <laughs> well i mean i guess uh, the ones that were must win since then were lost so maybe it's easier to not to not call them that i don't know i guess let's not wait too far in the international world war ii was must win we'll say that it was i mean i don't think i know i well i mean he might be wrong about that being the last one i don't know if he said the last one he said that's a must win game to me i won't disagree with him on that no, World War II. I think Packers Lions is too, but I won't disagree with him that <laughs> this man compared War Packers Lions. World War II Packers Lions. Probably about here. Pretty close. It's been a tough year. They could use this. Probably this far. <laughs> WW2 up here though. Oh my goodness. Watch on YouTube to see that. Yeah. Yeah, see my rating of how far they are apart. Yeah. We Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers compared Packers lives to World War II. You can see why he went on Rogan. That's a, that would be an excellent 20 minute segment on Joe Rogan. As excellent <laughs> okay, as that gets. Your your vision time. Your vision. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about before, and we all know, even if it's not front of mind during the season, that at some point there's going to be an inflection point where the Bucks need to pivot from Chris and Drew as the second and third best players to some other guys, basically. We don't know who. Is Marjan one of those? That would be great. Can't pencil that in yet. We've seen some good flashes, but it's just too early to say. But they need to find some dudes who are younger who can help Giannis win championships because that's what Giannis wants to do. That's what the Bucks want to do. Chris and Drew will be able to do that for the next couple of years, you hope. I mean, Chris's injury status is certainly concerning. But hopefully he's on the way back. He can get back to form, play well. He also could hit free agency this summer. I, I don't yeah, think. I was going to say his contract status as well. Yeah. So I'm actually now wondering if he opts in and there's sort of a last, last dance situation and then both sides kind of reevaluate things because 2024 offseason may be the time that the Bucks do this if they're not forced to earlier. That's the thing. If, if stuff goes really wrong between now and then, maybe they need to do this earlier. 
But 2024, on draft night 24, let's say they don't go trade for Bojan. The Pistons don't deal him and they don't use that first. I would say let's say they get Bojan without the first. Man, I would trade all seven available second round picks. I don't know if that would work. I would do that personally because it's honestly, it's like um, in Wolf of Wall Street when Leo says hundreds are like fun money or whatever. That's how I look at second round picks. Um, But 2024, they don't trade that first. They have the 29 first. I think right after the draft, because it will be seven drafts away, they can trade their 2031 first and they can trade whoever they pick in the first round in 24. They'll have a pick. It'll be the worst of theirs in the Pelicans, but they will have one. They can't trade it ahead of time, but once the player is selected, then they can. So you go from permanently kind of having one first and a bunch of seconds to draft night 2024 and right after it, having essentially a first and whoever they took, plus two future firsts and seconds or whatever. So suddenly it's like, okay, that's a real package. Like that's enough where maybe you're not getting whatever, a superstar player, but you're probably getting a star player. It's not that far from off. You don't have your swaps. You'll have one swap or two swaps maybe by then. But it's not a million miles away from the Drew Holiday package. Like you're going to get in some convos with that. Maybe Bochamp is an asset. Maybe not. You'll have salary and Chris and Drew. If they're traded, maybe they're sticking around. Who knows? But that's like a real, okay, now we're talking about real value. We're not talking about the Bojan Bogdanoviches. We're talking about, I don't know what player to throw out there, right? But, you know, I can't think of a good example of someone who's like DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, sure. You, 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 you want someone younger than DeMar probably, but that What's level that of player. Zach Levine. So, that caliber play, not Zach Levine. Yeah, yeah. Healthy Zach Levine. If you didn't know Zach Levine was hurt, maybe he'd be a guy. So I think that that to me is like if you can make it that far. And again, I would trade the first to get Bojan because you also have two shots to win a title between now and then that are very important as well. And if you wait too long and Giannis gets a little antsy, that's really bad. You, you need to do both things. But that 2024 scenario where they have essentially three firsts and whatever seconds and whatever salaries, that suddenly is like, okay, now we're in some real convos for the first time, really, like what, since the Drew trade? Yeah. They haven't had two firsts to trade, or they haven't done it if they have had them since then. So I think that would be the moment where you find, can we get one more guy in here? So it's interesting. So that's that's why it's hard to balance for the Bucks front office what you do this trade deadline. Because if you don't really love the guy, I don't think you can trade the first. But we love Boyan. We do love Boyan, but that is a very, very good point because you have to play the long game because you have to think like you you can't play the absolute long game where you're like, I'm not going to trade this 2029 first just for the prospect of something happening later. If you have a trade on the table to drastically improve your championship odds this season. A needle mover. Yeah, exactly. But you also have to be cognizant of these moves later in the future. And I'm very, very, very glad you brought this up, Ty, because I think that's a, a mindset that a lot of people need to need to consider. It's a it's an avenue that a lot of people need to take into account when talking about this trade deadline, talking about the moves that John Horst and his front office are going to be making or not making uh, during the rest of this season is or for the next month, I should say, uh, yeah. is you just have to you have to think because. You have to think about the big guy. You absolutely have to yeah. think about Giannis. 
Because, like, what does he have? Like, three more years after this left? I think so. In two years, that's when you're getting back to what we were at two years ago. Yeah. Where it's like the constant, is he staying, is he going? He's going to be... He's going to be one billion dollar contract eligible or whatever it's going to be at that time. Probably damn near, yeah. It's I mean it's already it's already quarter billion. It's going to probably be half a billion then, uh, with the new TV deals and stuff. Yeah. But you have to think about that. You need to be able to keep yourself primed to improve this roster to sort of you know expand upon this roster, extend your windows, not. Constantly holding up. Obviously, Drew and Chris are Bucks legends for their for rafters. Life. I mean, they're rafters. It's no question yeah. for eternity. They're etched into the etched into the stone that is the Milwaukee Bucks history and lore forever. But you have to like they're not going to be on the team forever. They're older than Giannis. They're outside of Giannis's sort of age category. You have to think about that next wave. Yep. You absolutely do, and. uh that's a, it's a, it's going to be very interesting it's, to see what happens this trade deadline and whether that affects what happens in 2024. It's two seasons after this for Giannis, then a player option, which he will decline. Absolutely going to decline. He's going to make more than the 51.9 million that that option is for. Yes. I wish I got to make decisions like that. Yeah, let me opt 52 out mil? No, that's no. peanuts. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you serious? You let's talk. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah, come Unless on. maybe he'll pull a Pat C. Who knows? But I, I would imagine Giannis will comfortably do whatever the hell he wants forever because he's that guy. Exactly. But you have to you have to factor these into uh, you have to fact like consider these factors when making decisions. Yeah, and I mean, if if you trade this first, you still have basically two firsts, which isn't nothing. But certainly, I think two future first plus a rookie scale player is more appetizing. Like as we saw with the, you know, both of the Utah trades, like Utah gladly took Walker Kessler and, and Agbaji and said, you know, we'll see. And Agbaji's not really playing. Walker Kessler looks good. So right. Agbaji, like, Agbaji was hitting some threes last night. Well, or there Saturday we go. Night. Well, there we go. But it, it's, but I don't think it's, I don't know actually if it's more or less valuable. It just depends on the player and, and the front office, but teams love their flexible. Cause Draft picks at this point are as much about trading for other active players as they are about picking actual players. And obviously, there's much more flexibility in future first than there are in players. But a combo of both is even better. That's what everyone asks for. Every trade demand you see now, it's like they want young players and first-round picks. The Bucks finally will be able to offer that. I mean, technically now they have Marjan in a first. No one wants them to trade Marjan, though. I mean, I wouldn't for Bojan. It'd have to be like a Siakam-level player, which I just don't think they can get. Yeah, I think so too. But no, I I I am not about to have Marjan be traded. No. No. Too many flashes. Play this man. He's got to play. He's got to play. And I I've just I have such an attachment to him. It it would be devastating to me. Yeah, I agree. What about would you be Take, devastated if they trade Grayson? I mean, I want to see my son thrive, you know. But what if he has to go away to like boarding school to if that's what it takes, that's that, what it that, takes. That's what it takes, Rohan. I'm sorry. It's, that's what it takes for the Bucks. I don't know about Grayson, but um, I, I think unless you have any more, it's kind of good news that there's not that – there are important things, but there's not like 10 pressing Bucks needs. No, no. It's like we, we – this team is still very, very good. Let's not Let's not have that be lost. This is a very good team. We're only talking about what they need because they've – they need to cement themselves as a championship contender. 
even further into the sense like these other teams look really good. Brooklyn looks amazing. Boston is sputtering, but still looks amazing. Yeah. In the in the in the East, like those are the type of teams you have to compete with. You uh, have to be able to make yourself look at least at their level or a level above. And currently, the Bucks need to do some things to get to that level. In my opinion, might be a rough January on the way there. Hard schedule, hard timing schedule. Maybe not yeah, teams, should, but not teams, but timing. They have a second uh, this upcoming week. They have a three and four nights, which they just had end. one of those. Yeah, and that's also should be considered when the the for the Hornets game does their third yep. game in four nights after coming from out of the country. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's true. It's true, but it's not. Here's trivia. Do you know the first country you hit when you drive straight south from Detroit? Isn't it Brazil? It's Canada. For Oh, from oh Yeah. yeah. It's Canada. It's kind of a fun geography thing. It's a fun, fun fact for everyone if you want to use that in your yeah. lives. If you're the kind hey, of people who pull Detroit out stuff is? like that. Do you know where Detroit is? Shout out Talk of the Tundra. <laughs> yeah. I didn't listen yet. To all of it, oh. I didn't get to. So I'm a fake fan, but I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you listen. <laughs> um, no, hey, make sure you go listen to Talk of the Tundra. Wait, was that um, the preview for the? Oh, was it the preview for this game? Right. Yeah. I'm like halfway through. I was listening in the grocery store. I got distracted. Listen to podcasts in the grocery store. Yeah, I don't want to talk to people. That's fair. Do you just have like, only on podcasts? I have one AirPod, only one. I still I need my sounds like i want to hear what's around me but I, I need some i'm kind of a little content fiend interesting I i've never done content. that i might have to try that. oh it's good dude i float through the grocery store i'm checking things off the list but i think i got so wrapped up in listening to Numak give out the cheeses i picked out a can of corn that was all dented so i had to go get another can of corn that sucked Oof. yeah see i like grocery. are you are you someone who doesn't like grocery shopping I like it with a podcast in. I don't like it without a podcast in. I like grocery shopping. It depends on the store. You know what? Customer service isn't good enough these days. I've had some just – you get some people who just don't know how to bag groceries and it honestly it grinds my gears. You're not a self-checkout guy? Depends. I mean I'm you know, full grocery shop. You know, it's a household of two of – you know, it's like we need, we need too much stuff to do that. I'm not going to go through there if I have a full cart. A couple things every time because of this very reason. But half the time, it's like, okay, here's your eggs. Let me put this sack of bricks you brought on top of that. And then the other half of the time, it's like, okay, here's a package of Tic Tacs. That's one bag. Let's put that in the cart. Um, okay, here's some spinach. That's that's its own bag. Like, there's a happy medium. Have no one played Tetris? I just, I don't know. <laughs> Has no one played Tetris is a good yeah. way to end this episode. Yeah, I have nothing <laughs> else to say. When talking about groceries. So uh, I think we're pretty much wrapped up here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you check out us Check us out, wow, on Repot, like Ty mentioned up top. Uh, it's going to be a great community. Uh, excited to see it get going. Um for us over there make sure you check that out but make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice youtube uh give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice check out gspn.info if you want to get in on our discord or check out all of our fantastic and amazing podcasts here on gspn um am i missing any plugs i don't think i am i think so, you uh, nailed it i think it's time to yeah pod random yeah. and we'll talk to you next time
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.